Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, friends. Thanks for joining our podcast. I want to tell you about something really new and exciting called Patreon.com slash BP Show. It's a great way to get uh, exclusive interviews with newsmakers, voicemails, personalized videos, political commentary, and early access to a special podcast called The Making of Bernie Sanders. Go to patreon.com slash BP show, patreon.com slash BP show. Giving you everything you need to fight the Trump administration. This is the Bill Press Show live at youtube.com slash the Bill Press Show. Hello, everybody. It is the Bill Press Show. Good morning. Happy Friday, October 27th. I clearly am not Bill Press. My name, folks, my name is Peter Ogden, and I'm here as your host, MC, star of the show. Well, one of the stars of the show. All throughout your Friday morning. And if you're listening later on a podcast, first of all, thank you very much. Gosh, we appreciate your business. Make sure you download the show on iTunes, on uh, anywhere you get your podcasts, frankly. You can go get the Bill Price Show. We put the whole show up. We cut out the commercials, which, frankly, there are already so few. And you can listen at any time later on in the day with all of our great and wonderful guests. And we have a big announcement uh, here in just a moment. I'll do it after we do the Full Court Press with Jamie Benson. But I'll I'll, 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 I'll mention that. Uh, so Feel stay- like uh, telling your staff beforehand? or You know about it. You I know don't. what's going on. I don't. You do. You'll you'll hear about it. Okay. When I tell you, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. That's the voice of Jamie Benson. He's running the board. Ray Rogers is here as well. And Cyprian Bolden keeping us on TV, on Free Speech TV, or YouTube.com slash The Bill Press Show, where you can watch today's show live and all of our other past shows if you want to go watch some of the archives. Gosh, so much to talk about today. So much to talk about. But first... This is the Full Jamie Court Press. Just a couple of other stories for you on this Friday morning. We begin with a new plaque installed in honor of Donald Trump. Okay. Or as the maker of this plaque says, in dishonor of Donald Trump. Oh, dear. We all remember the Access Hollywood tape as originally released by the Washington Post uh, just a couple of months before the election last year, where Donald Trump bragged oh, sure. about grabbing women by their private parts. Yeah. Someone well, has, when you're famous, you can get away with it. When you're famous, you can do anything you want. Uh, someone has has installed a satirical moment. Mo- excuse me, I cannot speak this morning. Oh, boy. Oh, how are we doing in there, bud? I'm doing all right. You all right? A satirical memorial in the parking lot of NBC's Burbank Studios in Burbank, California last week. The plaque reads, on this spot in September 2005, Donald J. Trump bragged about committing sexual assault. 
In November 2016, wow. he was elected president of the United States. Good grief. CNN reporting this. This is an actual plaque. You can look it up. It's, again, right there in NBC's Burbank Studios. So, wow. Uh, erected in dishonor of the president, the current president of the United States. We go to news from the Air Force, the U.S. Air Force having to retract a pair of tweets from two of its rival bases. Uh, the bases being located in North Dakota and Missouri. They got into a fun little back and forth on Twitter. By the way, I, I think I'm anti this. I think I'm anti when, I, like, brands yeah. or like, sports teams go at each other. Yeah, these are brands. I mean, they're, you know, well, I mean, I know camaraderie involved in this. Right I, guess, I, right, I understand. But it is one person operating these, these I don't Twitter think it's accounts, funny. Uh, behind uh, the, the, the guise of a... Uh, of a community here. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, the the original tweet read um, from the U.S. Air Force as they were going back and forth, these two bases, quote, we didn't have to do this, but uh, if you two can't get along, we must. Santa will bring you nothing this year because he isn't real. Jesus. Yeah. What the hell? What so are you doing? the U.S. Air Force, who, by the way, runs a tracker every year, uh, a Santa tracker that tracks oh, yeah. uh, Santa Claus's Christmas movements as he delivers presents across the globe on Christmas Eve. There is that. So the Air Force uh, later on yesterday having to come out and apologizing, uh, saying Santa is real, bluffing to get these two bases in line, tracking him in December with a link to the NORAD tracker. I'm so. anti this. I don't like this. I hate when, like, one silly social media manager tries to have fun with these things. Like, you know, when sports teams go back and forth, I don't think that's funny either. Sometimes it's good with sports teams. You think so? Well, because it's, you know. That was a pretty brutal one last week with the Yankees and the Red Sox. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That was pretty brutal. Yeah, the Yankees I, got us. I don't, think that, I don't think that's funny. I don't think that's funny. Sometimes. Do your kids still believe in Santa Claus, by the way? Uh, it's sort of an unspoken thing. They know he's not real, but we're not going to say it. On your radio, on TV, and online, this is The Bill Press Show. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for joining the Bill Press Show here live on a Friday, October 27th. My name is Peter Ogburn. I am here with you for this two-hour journey through the cosmos. As we, well, as we look at the political landscape here, mostly in America, there's so much stuff to talk about. Holy crap. You know, I was just talking to uh, <clears throat> someone yesterday here in the studio about how, you know, during the days of Obama, while it was so interesting that we had uh, Barack Obama as president, oh, hello, Jamie, uh, Barack Obama was president, but it was also just so quiet news-wise. There was just nothing, I mean, like, there were things to talk about, right? Like, there was the Obamacare fight, and there were all kinds of, you know, legal battles that that we, we took on with Barack Obama, but, like... We would go for weeks at a time with just, like, nothing to talk about because no drama Obama, right? That was sort of the that was sort of the thing. And now, good God, yesterday there was just so much stuff, and every day there's just so much stuff. It's just stress on top of stress on top of stress. It's unbelievable. Anyway, we are at. YouTube.com slash The Bill Press Show. If you want to watch the show live, 
Uh, I am uh, <clears throat> I am in my trademark black T-shirt and hat. I'm, I, I don't like wearing a hat when I host, but I'm wearing a hat this morning. I get grief when I wear a hat. They're like, oh, you should have some more respect. You're wearing a hat on air. Well, what am I going to do? Do you know what I'm really excited about to Go talk ahead. about on today's show? Jack Jenkins is coming in, by the way, from Think Our Progress. Our friend from Think Progress, senior religion reporter, Jack Jenkins. Got a story on this nutty religious university. Dude. That is, uh, they have a class now on standing for the flag. Yeah, no. We're going to get into that. And it involves fitness? Yeah. Are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah. Look at some of these people who are angry over the flag protests. Did you, did you see the uh, tweet from the creator of uh, famed comic strip Dilbert? Scott Adams, who just randomly decided to become relevant again by becoming a Trump supporter. Legendary S-poster. Which is a common theme sure. by celebrity Trump, celebrity Trump supporters right. is, oh, you guys exist. Right, right, We're right. We're going right. to, you know, anyway. Uh, he put out a tweet that basically said that I, I think that teams that stand for the anthem have a, high, have a better chance of winning in the NFL than teams that kneel. First of all, pretty much every team has at least one or two. Yeah, players I was gonna say every kneel. team is doing it. So what is it? What are we counting? How many on on each end? And then whoever has the less amount that that kneel. My biggest lose, problem with win. the my biggest problem with the the anthem protests are the way that like these doughy white owners are coming out and feeling like they got to take a part of it and sort of like co opt the message of the whole protest. I'm what? sorry when I see Dan Snyder out there. Hooked arms with his uh, hook arms with his players. Ugh. You know, it's a little bit of a dog whistle when Donald Trump said that he thinks that NFL owners are afraid of their players. But I'm starting to think he might be right. Yeah. No. Seriously. Anyway, you can watch YouTube.com/slash The Bill Press Show. Listen to our podcast every single day. We put something out for you all. Just go look for The Bill Press Show on iTunes. And by the way, big announcement. I mentioned this, Jamie. This is a big announcement. Today we're going to be putting out. Part two of the making of Bernie Sanders. Oh, yeah. It's patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash BP show. Here's the deal. We've interviewed everybody in the close circle. Well, not everybody, but a lot of the people in the close circle of, of the Bernie Sanders campaign. And we are bringing you an exclusive podcast if you become a patron at Patreon. It costs $5 a month. You not only get the making of Bernie Sanders, but... You get daily commentary from Bill, video commentary every single day, plus special interviews that we do just there. Go sign up. It's patreon.com slash BP show. If you do it right now, you'll be one of the first ones to get the Making of Bernie Sanders. It's going to drop today uh, somewhere between 9 a.m. and 10 a.m. We'll put it up there for you. But go sign up now. Just, just pledge to give us $5 a month, and we bring you really, really cool content that you can't get anywhere else. Uh, today's episode is going to have Tad Devine, uh, Bernie's senior strategist. What, it, what we did here with, with Tad Devine was really, really cool because we sort of went through the campaign and said, okay, what was Bernie thinking here? What was Bernie thinking here? And every time that either Hillary Clinton won or Bernie won or something sort of momentous happened with the campaign – we got to find out exactly what was going on inside the inside the mind of the Bernie Sanders campaign. So that's the episode that's going to be dropping today with Tad Devine. It's very cool. Uh, Patreon.com slash BP show. Okay. So, as I was just talking about, the, the sort of uh, onslaught of news. I, I got two stories here that I really want to hit on that I think build a pretty solid narrative that Donald Trump and the Trump administration has no idea what they're doing. Shock of shocks, 
But I don't think they have any idea what they're doing. I don't think they know how to get anything done. I think they are a disaster, folks. First of all, Donald Trump, with these release of the JFK assassination files, so there was some pushback as to whether or not Donald Trump should release these files, and he went on Twitter hmm, about a week ago. I guess it was about a week ago. And he said, hey, I'm releasing the JFK files. I'm going to be releasing them. You'll be able to find out everything that we know about the JFK assassination. Holy cow. They gave us a week of anticipation. We were waiting with bated breath. We wanted to see these documents for the first time. And then yesterday, it was the day that they were going to be released. We were even told in the morning they were going to be released. Donald Trump even tweeted about it. And then nothing happened. Nothing happened. It's kind of amazing because Donald Trump, with this whole show busy flair that he likes to uh, throw onto just about everything he's brought to politics in a way that hasn't been brought to politics before, completely got, I don't want to say duped, but it, it was a dud. It was a giant dud. Now, here's the, here's the thing. Uh, Jamie, while you were doing full court press, I look up to Fox News. And Fox News has the headline, JFK assassination files released. Well, ah, there's two minutes of the day where they're not talking about uranium. <laughs> it's true. But that's true. Some of the files were released. But the point is, the ones that were under scrutiny, the ones that they had already said, we don't want released, well, they didn't get released. The ones that reveal Rafael Cruz was the real shooter. That's right. We all know how that played out. And so it's kind of like I saw a bunch of uh, conspiracy theorists out there yesterday, which, by the way, I'm a little bit of a conspiracy theorist on the JFK thing, like a little bit. I'm not a conspiracy theorist on anything. I'm a little bit on the JFK thing, but in a different. I'm hearing this a lot, by the way, on Twitter. It's like the one thing that you're allowed to be a conspiracy theorist about. Just don't be a conspiracy theorist. I'm not. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't think I'm a conspiracy theorist. But I also think that it's a weird. I mean, the the story is very weird. What do you believe? What What is it? Ray is asking. What What is a little bit? What do you believe? I don't think. Or that, do you not believe? I don't think that Lee Harvey Oswald was capable of that shot on his own. On his own. So you believe there was a second shooter or a second mastermind? I think there was somebody else behind it somehow. Now, I will say, if you've ever been to the plaza, Dealey Plaza, where this happened, mm-hmm. you know, the book depository is not that far away. I mean, it's not that crazy of a shot. But I think that uh, it's a little, I mean, it's you, I mean, it's a tough shot. It's a tough shot to do all the shots that, like, that happened that day. I'll put it that way. And Oswald was really, you know, a nut, right? I mean, he was... Was he clinically insane? He was pretty crazy. But look, he's a former, you know, to quote uh, Full Metal Jacket. What was the Full Metal Jacket? Arlie Ermey, where he was talking about how, like, that's what the Marines do. We, yeah. We, we train people to There's do that. There's one thing that's things. hardwired into him. It was that. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying I, I, I have questions. I don't know. I, I can't sit here and say I think that he acted alone or had accomplices or whatever. I just think that there are a lot of questions. Is this where we break for the InfoWars promo? 
Folks, I want you first of all to try my new uh, my new medicine, my, my pills, my daily pills that you're going to take. You're going to have the biggest, most beautiful brain. Uh, you will know. You don't even have to wait and see the files. You're going to be able to know who it was that killed JFK if you take these pills. Ladies and gentlemen, super male vitality. Anyway. I hate to bring this up now, but I, I really have to do this. We I mentioned, you mentioned this to you earlier this week that uh, Quartz, the website Quartz. Quartz. Did a story a couple months back. About oh, yeah. No, this is great. This is great. The vitamins and supplements that Alex Jones sells are actually very similar to the uh, vitamins and supplements that Gwyneth Paltrow sells. Goop. From her company, Goop. Yeah. Uh, that you, doesn't surprise me. If you haven't checked this out, it, the, the article is titled, All the Wellness Products, Wellness in quotes, Americans Love to Buy, are sold on both InfoWars and Goop. Oh, my God. Uh, for example... We'll uh, talk about um, the herb Bacopa, which is said to reduce stress, improve memory, and treat epilepsy. On Goop, <laughs> it is called Why Am I So Effing Tired? <laughs> Jesus. On InfoWars. It's a little on the nose. On InfoWars, it's called Brain Force Plus. Brain Force Plus, folks. You just take this Brain Force Plus, you're going to be sharper, you're going to be more attentive, you're going to have more energy than you've ever had in your life. Uh, you should go through the whole list here, but there's just some amazing stuff. There, there's uh, something called the cordyceps mushroom. Duh. On Goop, it's called uh, Sun Potion. Sun Potion. On Infowars, it's called Wake Up America <laughs> Immune Support Blend 100% Organic Coffee. Yes. Go ahead and read that whole article on Quartz. Gwyneth Balter and Alex Jones. I'm surprised you haven't roasted me yet for drinking my my uh, my. Alkaline. What is that? Alkaline water. Alkaline water. Yeah. What is the What are the benefits of that? Super hydration, man. Plus, it's got fulvic minerals. Minerals. Is the water called BLK, as in black? Yeah, I got a problem with that because it's black water. You understand? It's a. Uh, I, I I don't like the BLK thing, but it's supposed to be really good for hydration. Hmm. I'm here for it. I don't care. Hmm. I'm just I'm amazed you haven't given me grief for it. I didn't notice it until just now, but uh, you know we'll come back to this. <laughs> we'll come back to this. You could use a little hydration this morning, buddy. Please. Anyway, my whole point on this JFK file dump is Donald Trump treated it like it was another one of his TV shows. And then all of a sudden, it completely blew up in his face because it turns out there are some important things in the government that you can't really play games with. So he can't get that done. I'm going to... I'm going to maybe piss some people off here. I I don't know. That's what I do. But Donald Trump yesterday finally came out. Two months ago, he said he was going to declare uh, the opioid crisis an emergency. Two months ago, he said this was going to happen. Well, yesterday, he finally formally declared it a public health emergency. Or, excuse me, Jamie, as he put it, it's a national public health emergency. Is that right? Is that how he put it? Effective today, my administration is officially declaring the opioid crisis a national public health emergency under federal law. Not a thing. Not a thing, right? Does not exist. There's a national emergency, Mm -hmm. and then there's a public health emergency, but a national public health emergency is not a thing. Donald Trump's got to have his cake and eat it, too. Yeah, exactly. It's got to be the biggest, the best. And so, like, he goes into the plan to combat this, and really, Jamie, I don't know, you're younger than me. Did you have D.A.R.E. in your school, D.A.R.E. to keep oh, yeah. kids off yeah, drugs? Yeah, 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 Which is one of, has gone down as one of the most ineffective 
programs didn't work for me that we've that we and me either that we've ever seen in this country. I mean, just so much money wasted over the years on dare to keep kids off of drugs doesn't work. And so. Essentially, yesterday, Donald Trump just came out and tried to talk. He was like, oh, just tell people drugs are bad. They'll stop doing them. Like, he thinks that's the problem. He thinks that, like, coming out and telling kids, well, drugs are bad and you shouldn't do them, that that's enough to stop this, quote, national public health emergency. Public health emergency under federal law. That's Oh, whoops. I, sorry, I, I was a little too generous to him. Let's do that again. Yeah. A national public health emergency under federal law. Sorry. There he is. There he is, the one and only. But you have to, you have to understand here that there is no real plan. I mean, you, you, you listen to him, and you try and follow Trump spelling out what the problem is. And essentially it's just like, well, drugs are bad. Give me that second clip where he's just like, yeah, yeah, you know, drugs aren't drugs aren't good. There is nothing desirable about drugs. They're bad. I mean, <laughs> first of all, about drugs. They're bad. They're bad. They're bad. First of all, I think drugs are great. Number one. Number two, well, some drugs, I'll be clear, some drugs are great. But, but, but number two, like, this has already failed. It's proven to fail. It doesn't work. <laughs> Donald Trump on Quaaludes, way more entertaining than real Donald Sorry, I took Trump. that to Blade Runner 2049 levels. That was pretty good. Have you seen that yet? Not yet. What are you doing? Still haven't seen the original one either. I got problems with that, by the way. But that's all right. Anyway, my point here is, like, good grief. It's the same thing that your parents told you. Like, my parents told me drugs were bad. Most people have their parents tell them, like, drugs are bad. You shouldn't do them. But then what really pisses me off is Donald Trump does what so many Republicans have done in the past. Like, Carly Fiorina... Remember during the debates, and she was saying, well, I'm against marijuana being legalized because I had a daughter who died. I don't remember what the drug was, but it was like a, like a pain pill addiction or like a heavy drug addiction, like automatically linking pot to heavy, heavy drugs. And Donald Trump yesterday, apparently his teleprompter stopped, and so... Instead of going on about the, which by the way, by the way, all the grief that Barack Obama took for using a teleprompter, oh boy, Donald Trump with his teleprompter, the guy can't even read, number one. Anyway, his teleprompter stopped, so he launches into this story about his brother Fred, Fred Trump. And again, we're talking about the opioid crisis and drugs in America, and Donald Trump uses it to talk about alcoholism i had a brother fred great guy best looking guy best personality much better than mine what but he had a problem he had a problem with alcohol and he would tell me 
Don't drink. Um, okay. If you don't want to drink, that's up to you. First of all, I don't trust anybody who won't have a drink with me. But if you don't want to drink, that's your prerogative. It has nothing to do with the opioid crisis. Donald Trump is like that kind of guy who would say like, eh, I'm outlawing alcohol. I don't think people should have alcohol. Folks, I don't think you, I don't think anybody should have alcohol because, because one person he knows had a problem with alcohol. These, you know, they talk about Barack Obama. They talk about Democrats wanting to control your life and come in and take your guns away. And they want to talk about how, oh, big government coming out to get this, this, this Donald Trump guy. Oh, it's worse than any, any of the Democrats they accuse of doing the same thing. He goes on about what his brother Fred told him. He was substantially older, and I listened to him, and I respected. But he would constantly tell me, don't drink. He'd also add, don't smoke. But he would say it over and over and over again. Okay. Whoa. And to this Whoa. day, I've never had a drink. Jamie, can we back up? Because I think we heard a return of the sniff. Whoa, man. That don't, was a big one. Don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. As he toots this giant rail off the podium. Drugs. Yeah, that's the good stuff right there. I just, uh, you know. There's, there's a couple of different elements to this, it's right? It's such a disconnect. It's such a disconnect. But the, the problem with the opioid crisis isn't telling kids to stop doing drugs. Right. I, I want to harp on on this. I had a brother, Fred. Great guy. Best looking guy. All right, he loves his brother Fred. Okay, yeah, sure. For those of you that know the history of Donald Trump's family, yeah, you know that his brother Fred died in 1981 because he had this horrible problem with alcohol. Yeah. I-, I feel for him. You know, we have I have family members who have died from alcoholism. It's sure. awful, right? If you don't it's know not, how to handle your good. liquor, it's not a good thing. Uh, you know, he talks about how much he loves Fred and and how much his family meant to him and and all of this, but. You know, I brought up a, an article from the New York Times. This was January of 2016. In fact, January 3rd, 2016. New York Times wrote about Fred. They also wrote about Fred's son, Fred III. So when Donald Trump's father died, the family patriarch, there yeah. was obviously money that had to go around to the siblings. Freddie's son, Fred III, spoke at the funeral. I'm reading right from the New York Times. And that night, his wife went into labor with their son, who developed seizures that led to cerebral palsy. The Trump family promised that it would take care of the medical bills. So again, to recap, Uh-oh. Trump's nephew, Freddie Third, has a kid. The kid's born with cerebral palsy. Donald Trump says, we're going to go ahead and take care of those medical bills. This what was a nice guy. Right after the funeral. What a nice guy. Now, the will hadn't come out yet. So the will comes out a couple of days later for Fred Sr., Donald Trump's dad, about $20 million to go around. And he said uh, in the will... It had divided the bulk of the inheritance at least $20 million among his children and their descendants, other than my son, Fred C. Trump Jr. So Freddie's children obviously sued for some of the money. Donald Trump, however, wanted to cut them out. And what did that do? Oh, that's right. The the child of the nephew, born with cerebral palsy, couldn't pay the medical bills. Oh, my God. So all that compassion and all the great (sighs) things that he talks about his brother, he didn't care. No, he didn't care. He didn't care about him and didn't care about his family. What an ass. So don't tell that story. Don't talk about your brother. Yeah. He's you, disgusting. You don't, you don't get to do that. You don't get to pick and choose what well, stories you want to use 
to well, talk about something as serious about a, a, a national public health emergency <laughs> like opioids. Well, when you're famous, you could do anything you want. Mm-hmm. This family is disgusting. All of the Trumps. I haven't seen or heard from one Trump that's worth a damn. Not one of them. Maybe Tiffany. Tiffany's the smartest one of them all. She stays out of this mess. But this, I mean, you know, I mean, I realize that I'm sitting here and telling you what you already know, that Donald Trump is an out-of-touch a-hole and doesn't really understand the complex issues facing this country. Breaking news. But it's just so ridiculous to me that we've got this oldest, dumbest, fattest president we've ever had in our life. And we we have to sit and listen to him talk about the major problems facing America and have to treat it like it's not completely insane. Like to watch people come out and write actual analysis pieces on the opioid epidemic and what his plan is to fight it. It's so hollow. It's so hollow. It's so dumb. And it drives me crazy because, like, realistically, people just just say, this is a plan that we've seen before and it doesn't work. Can we check in on uh, Donald Trump's Twitter feed this morning? Oh, yeah. Do we have tweets? Oh, we have I'm not paying attention very much. Several. To, to, to Twitter. 26 minutes ago. Go ahead. Thank you, Fox and Friends. Oh, God. Really great job and show. By the way, like no context, just that they're doing a good job this morning. Yeah, he tweeted about Tom Steyer uh, before that, so clearly they were talking about that. But you know, you know, the funny thing about that, we didn't get uh, a chance to play this clip yesterday. We'll come back to the tweets, but um, Trump was sitting down with Lou Dobbs on Fox Business, aka Poo Blobs, who was very kind (laughs) to the president, Uh, and Donald Trump explains. He went on to talk about fake news and how CNN and ABC and NBC, basically every network and publication that is not Fox News, sure, um, Gross. is fake news. Here's what he said about Fox. I'm so proud that I have been able to convince people how fake it is because it has taken a yeah. nosedive. Yeah. Except for your show, of course, and well, Sean and a few of them, right? Uh, there's some very good ones. And I have to say, Fox has treated me fairly. And I don't mean good. But they've treated me fairly. I don't want to be treated good. I just want to be treated fairly. No, they have treated you good. They've treated you very, very good, very well. Okay? I mean... This is the point of this. If, if the President of the United States is thanking a news network for positive coverage of him... Yeah. Then we have a problem. I've told this story before a couple of weeks ago. We here at the Bill Press Show have single-handedly, during the Barack Obama administration, started a national conversation on bringing back the Fairness Doctrine. And people lost their ever-loving minds. Tom Harkin came on, and the Debbie Stabenow came on, and both of them said, well, maybe it's time we look at bringing back the Fairness Doctrine because the liberal, like, you know, Fox News has such a stranglehold over the conservatives that, like, progressives need to have a voice, too. Which, by the way, I don't necessarily disagree with. I'm not going to... You know, die on that hill this morning about bringing back the fairness doctrine. But I do think it's worth looking at. And you look at what conservatives have done with conservative meeting. You look at all these new One America's News Network. You look at what Breitbart has done. You look at the continuation of Fox News. You look at all these uh, 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 right wing 
TV networks that exists on that exist online or whatever. And like, what's been done on the other side of the aisle? Are Democrats putting any money into progressive media? No. It's shameful. Shameful. Lazy. Got lazy during Barack Obama's presidency. Didn't do a damn thing. And now look at where we are. Back to the tweets. Let's do it. Uh, he congratulated Paul Ryan uh, and Paul Ryan, Kevin McCarthy, and Steve Scalise for the budget passage. Okay, I won't read that tweet. I want to read the next two tweets. Thank you. Good luck to Joy Villa on her decision to enter the wonderful world of politics. She has many fans. This is the woman who showed up at I think is. it was the Grammys in the Make America Great Again dress. Oh, African American woman. God. Oh um, God. She, she apparently is running for Congress now in Florida. We talked at the top of the show about these celebrities who have become relevant oh. because they've come out as Trump supporters. Because there are a lot of Trump supporters yeah, out there. Sure. So when they make their intentions known that they are supporters of Donald Trump, they're going to get some fans on Twitter. Sure. Yeah. No, that's and right. Now this wacky woman is running for Congress in Florida. Okay. Good Good luck. Uh, then he tweets two minutes ago, at real Donald Trump, happy birthday to the great Lee Greenwood, 83. Oh, jeez. You and your beautiful song have made such a difference. Oh! Make America Great Again. Jamie, why are you doing this to me? We live in hell. By the way, he tweeted that wrongly. We live in hell. We live in hell on earth. Lee Greenwood, 83, is a lawyer focused on Washington, D.C. sports. All things Redskins, Caps, Nationals, Wizards. Oh, so he he tweeted the wrong Lee Greenwood? Yeah. yeah. Oldest, dumbest, fattest. 171 followers. Oldest, dumbest. Fattest president. First of all, I uh, I hate Lee Greenwood and I hate his stupid song. His beautiful song. Anyway, we've got so much more to talk about, but I I need to take a break. I need to go put duct tape around my head so it doesn't explode. This is insane. Thank you for watching The Bill Press Show. Remember, we are at YouTube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Make sure you watch the show right there. By the way, if you don't have the YouTube or you don't want to watch on YouTube, we are on Facebook Live. Might be an easier way for you to watch. We have it there right inside of Facebook. You can watch it there. Uh, Go check it out. Go watch the show. We're going to be right back with our good friend, senior religion reporter, Yak Yankins from Think Progress. Stay tuned. About drugs. They're bad. Download our podcast, search for The Bill Press Show on iTunes, and remember to rate, review, and subscribe. This is The Bill Press Show. Same great show, new great channel. Stream live video at youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Hello, everybody. It is The Bill Press Show on a Friday, October 27th. Thank you, thank you, thank you for watching the show, for listening to the show. If you downloaded us on iTunes, well, gosh, we really appreciate it. And if you want even more exclusive content, go to patreon.com slash BP Show. Episode two of The Making of Bernie Sanders is coming out today where we interviewed Tad Devine. It's really, he's a former senior strategist for the Bernie Sanders campaign. So if you want to know what was going on inside the mind of the Bernie Sanders campaign at every little stop along the primary, he sort of talks about like after Hillary won, 
this big state or this big state, what the Bernie campaign was thinking and what Bernie Sanders was thinking. We have all that. It's going to go up uh, this morning. So go there now. Sign up. It's $5 a month. You get all kinds of exclusive content, including The Making of Bernie Sanders, our special podcast, which uh, episode two comes out today. So go check that out, patreon.com slash show. Well, folks, it's time now to talk to our good friend, senior religion reporter, Jack Jenkins from Think Progress. You can follow him on Twitter at Jack M. Jenkins and read his fine, fine work at thinkprogress.org. Jack, how you doing? I'm doing well. Good to see you. Thank you for having me, always. Um... Jamie, you had a tweet that we were going to get in here about Donald Trump because it's breakfast time. I, I want to get to that. I, I first want to read some tweets from our listeners and viewers this morning. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. Thank you for tweeting us. They're at- better tweeters than Donald Trump, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> that is true. At BP Show, we are on Twitter at BP Show. We're also in the chat room on YouTube, youtube.com backslash the Bill Press Show. Yeah. Our friend KG1 pointing out to you, Peter. Uh, you have that alkaline water by your side this morning, that black BLK water. Good yeah, for I don't you. like the name, but I do like the water. KG1 has a better idea for you. Uh, he has some cannabis water uh, that is currently available. It's called Pearl 2.0. Cannabis water? Uh, it's a cannabis mineral mineral water you can do almost anything to. Uh, in fact, the author of the article on thestranger.com says he boiled ramen in it, and the ramen got him high. So, Wait, really? Yeah. Thank you, KG, for... Uh... I sh- I will look at that. It's, I can't smoke pot anymore. Yeah. So I'm now I'm now back onto the edibles. The liquid edibles, um, I don't know if we, we're, they're still called edibles at that point, but... Whatever the, they The liquid are. weed kind of freaks me out. Yeah, bit. me too. I feel like if you, it's very easy to do too much of it. Right. But thank you, KG, for that suggestion. Romaine, our friend Romaine. My man Romaine. Uh, talking about Donald Trump's opioid speech yesterday, saying, Why is opioid addiction a national tragedy, but crack is jail worth worthy? By the point, way, that Romaine. is a very good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wendell Pierce from The Wire uh, had a pretty good uh, tweet, tweet about that yesterday, Bunk on The Wire. Uh, and uh, MM Martin 746 says, Is it the fairness doctrine that we need or truthfulness? Doctrine. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a better point. That's a good point. All right, so that was our tweets, uh, your tweets to us at BP Show. Keep them coming in this morning as Peter is hosting. I want to read a tweet from NBC News reporter Lee Ann Caldwell. Yeah, she tweeted this while Donald Trump was up at the Capitol uh, the other day. Oh yeah, he had Russian flags thrown at him. It was quite the scene. <clears throat> uh, Lee Ann Cal- Caldwell was standing next to a Secret Service agent. She says, "Quote: Overheard Secret Service on real Donald Trump at lunch. He ate rice." and two pieces of cherry pie. Took a few sips of his drink. Quote, he loves rice. I mean, <laughs> he loves rice. So if we... It, so it, he ate rice and pie. If I am to understand this, he is eating plain rice for lunch. Maybe dinner, too. By the way, white rice, which I'm sure he wasn't eating brown rice. No, white, no, no way. White rice, not very good for you. <laughs> no, and it's not good plain either. Does he no. put soy sauce on it, or I don't know. I bet he puts ketchup on it. Oh my god! Because he heats his his steaks he 100% with ketchup. One hundred percent puts ketchup He's, on it. Yep. And two slices of cherry pie. President of the United States. His lunch. I plain love rice. rice. I love rice. I love pie. Cherry pie. <laughs> was there ice? There was probably ice cream too. I'm sure there was. Two scoops. Two scoops. That's right, Jack. Thank two you. Two scoops for him. Oh God! What a child. Anyway, there are other things to talk about, which we're going to do with Jack Jenkins, our good friend, senior religion reporter from Think Progress. I'm going to read this headline because, because like, we now in this country, it's so interesting. I will say that Donald Trump is very skilled 
at controlling the narrative. Mm. That that I true. control the narrative, and and part of that is like deflecting, mm-hmm. you know, blame from himself to other people. But like he can control like this anthem protest oh, that yeah. we've been talking about so much, and that you've been writing about. Um, he has completely turned this into something that it is not and never was. Right. It's about him now. It's about him now. <laughs> it's about him now. And like every Sunday, we're going to have some sort of outburst from either Mike Piss, who goes to a game and then leaves, right. or Donald Trump tweeting about the games or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then here is this headline from Jack Jenkins at thinkprogress.org. Christian college requires freshmen to take patriotic education and fitness class to honor the flag. Yep. There is a uh, a school out in Missouri, College of the Ozarks. You now, freshmen, are required to take a patriotism course. College of the Ozarks. Right. Um, What's their mascot? <laughs> um, oh, I don't recall. I'd love to know. They, they're, uh, they're, they refer to themselves as Hard Work U, um, oh Hard Work University. Um, they, uh, they're also rated one of the worst schools if, um, in the country if you're LGBTQ. Like that, like it's one of the worst places to be. Is okay. Um, but they have now shifted to that their freshmen are required to take a course where you have to learn about um, how to be a patriotic citizen and specifically how to respect the flag and flag protocol. That that's, this is a required course. I, I, I want to I I repeat that. It yeah. says in your headline, they are required to take this. This yes. isn't like an elective. Nope. You are required to take this. As a freshman. So it's a formational thing. And I wrote this with our sports reporter, Lindsey Gibbs. And, um, and she, she came over to me and she said, is this, is this a real thing? Is this like a real thing that like, is this a real college? And I was like, yeah. And uh, this is this is a Christian school. Um, its affiliation is unclear. It's not entirely clear who they're affiliated with. Mm. Um, they were at one point affiliated with the Presbyterian Church. And it, 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 they neither the Presbyterian, when you call the Presbyterian Church, they said that they weren't affiliated with them, the Presbyterian Church USA. When you called the college, they didn't have an answer to who they're affiliated with. Um, but they seem to be certainly be affiliated with. Um, they couldn't answer the question when I ask. Um, but they certainly seem to be affiliated with uh, Trump's agenda at this point because they have created this class in what looks like a direct response to the anthem um, flare-ups. And they have a firm policy that if you like, you don't play if you don't stand um, for the anthem. So that's that, again, this is just part of this national. This is movement. unbelievable. Yeah. It's a, it's a movement and counter movement all about this controversy that Trump has inserted himself into. I, I love this quote from the College of the Ozarks president Jerry Davis, uh, who says, "quote It's the United States of America, not the diversified states of America." <laughs> right. End quote. Which like reminds me of like my dumb redneck uncles who were like, "God created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve." Right. It's like, come on, man. It's a college president. Like, do you really not think that we're diversified as a country? Do you not think that we started out as a as a diversified country? Like these guys think that we were just like created as an all white nation. I mean, and also what's interesting about that comment is that like, you know, what like what is he saying there? Like this is part of the justification for this policy that like diversity is a bad thing. Like is right. that you know, like is right. that or that you that you can't be united in your diversity or is like uh, because then that gets down to you know the the core reason why people have named that they're you know kneeling during the national anthem is yeah. in protest of systemic racism and police sure. brutality. Is this an indictment of that protest? Like you know, there's so much in that quote and so much in this reflection um, that that you know when people when when Trump was at the Values Voter Summit a couple of weeks ago, 
you know, when the, one of the biggest applause lines was when he was talking about this, yeah. the national anthem protest. I mean, it's like you said, he's it's very he's very good. It's tapping into a very specific subset of um, the American electorate that thinks this is the most important thing. Like he can he can create a controversy where he looks like the hero. Donald Trump uh, waded into this. It was a couple weeks ago, about a month ago or so now, uh, where he was campaigning for Big Luther mm-hmm. in Alabama, mm-hmm. and he referred to anybody who knelt during the pledge or during the national anthem during the national anthem as "quote sons of bitches." Mm-hmm. He called other American citizens who were exercising their right that they have as an American. Called them sons of the president of the United States called them sons of bitches. Mm-hmm. Uh, you wrote a great piece. This is a, a about a week or so ago. Uh, the kneeling during the national anthem is a religious issue, mm-hmm. which is very interesting, Jay. I mean, there this, this is an interesting take on it. But explain why it's a religious issue. Well, there's a there's a couple of things. So when when Trump says that kneeling during the national anthem or for instance, I'd be curious if he thought the same thing about people who didn't stand during the national anthem or refused to say the Pledge of Allegiance. Because if that's what he believes, then the entire religious groups in the United States of America also fund, um, fall underneath that group. Um, you know, back in the the 1940s, um, the Supreme Court ruled that Jehovah's Witnesses don't have to say the Pledge of Allegiance. Mm-hmm. This is after the Supreme Court ruled in 1940 that they did. The Jehovah's Witnesses, um, you know, during during Nazi Germany, you know, during the rise of Nazi Germany, had you know, started refusing to pledge um, allegiance to the Nazi flag. Um, they they saw it as like, you know, they they Jehovah's Witnesses are pretty theologically consistent about um, not wanting to give any credence to a nation, but 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 you know, prioritizing God over a nation. And so they were punished for that in mm-hmm. Nazi Germany. So their American counterparts were like, we also don't want to pledge allegiance to this flag. And by the way, at this point in history, when you saluted the flag in grade school at, in the United States of America, you use what's called the Bellamy salute that looks very similar to the Hitler salute. So like there's that oh context going on. We don't use it anymore because of what happened in World War II. Sure. But, um, but so, that's where it comes from. Right. Yeah. Wow. And so when, fascinating. when the Supreme Court ruled against them. The Jehovah's Witnesses were called unpatriotic. They were subject to mob violence. They, their kids were expelled from school. And the Supreme Court reversed their decision three years later saying, you know, this is a free speech issue and a religious liberty issue. But they decided on this free speech issue saying, you know, this is something that we have enshrined in our Constitution that, like, you have a right to do this. Um, Mennonites also feel very similarly. There's a Mennonite college not too far from the College of the Ozarks um, out in the Midwest that doesn't play the national anthem during athletic events because they don't see it. They see it as they see it as militaristic and their theology doesn't match with it. That's my solution, by the way. Don't play the national anthem at sporting events. Who cares? Right. Who cares? You want to get rid of this problem? Fine. Don't play it. And, and I think. All of this. It's not. It's not an affront to the flag or to the country or to the troops. I love how the troops got thrown into this. The troops have nothing to do with it. Right. They had nothing to do with the original protest. And like everybody's interviewing all these troops, and they're saying like, "Well, I don't like these protests." Who cares what you think? Just because you're a troop. I mean, like, you have nothing to do with it. Right. And I think you know what you see is that like you you also have veterans who are not only support these protests but have also kneeled in solidarity with the football players. Um, and the demonstrators. So it's not like it's a uniform thing where like all veter- veterans are, are are frustrated by this. Um, but I mean, to bring this full circle, you know, those are the kind of religious groups that that you know their theolo- the- theology is against 
you know, kind of supporting nationalistic patriotic symbols, but also several of the players, including Eric Reed, who played next to Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. Um, and, you know, several of the, the anthem performers who, when they sing the national anthem at NFL events when they kneel, they all cite their faith as a reason that they're standing up against what they see as oppression, like, the, 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 you know, systemic racism and police brutality. And they, you know, this happened over and over and over again. So I wrote the story because, you know, like the, the, the for Patriots players who protested during the anthem, they actually made the decision to do that in chapel together. Mm. And what you see is often people um, on the right will use the meme of Tim Tebow back when yeah. he used to pray yeah. during the NFL as saying, you know, this is this is a you know what what kneeling should be. And for some reason, they just don't see the faith of black players and their allies in NFL as equally legitimate as Tim Tebow's faith. The the I mean, I'll call it what it is. I mean, it's out and out racism that you've seen from a lot of people who have come on, especially I think the one that best encapsulates this is Newt Gingrich, where he comes Mm -hmm. on and essentially like, oh, shut up. You guys are making so much money. You should just be quiet. and Entertain me. Mm hmm. Like quit, quit talking, boy. Mm. Just t- like take all this money that white America is giving you, and <clears throat> shut up. And like, no, right? Absolutely not. And as you point out, like Colin Kaepernick has talked about his faith. He's talked about the fact that he's a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, he talked about how that is one of the reasons that sort of drew him to be- to start this protest to begin with. And as and, and as you point out, like. Tim Tebow gets a free pass for wearing it on his sleeve and mm-hmm. taking a knee and all that type of stuff. And I'm not like I'm not a Tebow fan because he played for Florida, <laughs> and I'm a ba- and I'm a Bama guy. But but right is that the only reason you're not a Tim Tebow fan? <laughs> I have a lot of reasons I'm not a Tim. Oh, Tebow I fan. I don't like him for a lot of reasons, but that's where my hatred was born for Tim Tebow. <laughs> Well, I want to get a tattoo of Tim Tebow crying on the sidelines after Alabama beat him in the national championship game. That's what I really want. I, I, I will say this. It's often not mentioned on the right, um, the, the faith of these players, mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons. I mean, one, Colin Kaepernick has talked about his faith a lot. He hasn't made an explicit conflation with his faith in this protest. Sure, a lot okay. of other people have. But the one person who did bring it up was Robert Jeffress, who's a Texas pastor whose book, um, the President of the United States, endorsed in a tweet um, this past week. Yeah, he sure did. Um, who also has a long history of saying confrontational things. And his first statement on kind of the kneeling controversy was to say that um, players should be grateful that they're not shot in the head like they would be in North Korea. Oh, boy. Um, and well, that- <laughs> again, I think someone's missing the point. Exactly. And then he said, you know, he, he brought up, he said, well, these players, some of them say they are people of faith. Um, and I believe them, but then they should re- They should understand that when Jesus in the scripture says, render under Caesar's what is Caesar's, that that means that you should be respectful of the president. To be clear, Robert Jeffress openly criticized Barack Obama and said that he was paving the way for the Antichrist. And when asked if Barack Obama was a Christian, uh, was a Muslim, he said, I don't know what he is. So this doesn't, this theology gets kind of, the, the, the faith of black players and their allies in this protest just gets washed over. You know, it's so, it's not funny, but it's so interesting to me. Because, you know, this was a couple of weeks ago when, when the Value of the Voters Summit happened here. Mm-hmm. And Donald Trump goes up and he's hailed and applauded at every line that he says. And like... I've had this conversation with my parents who are both Southern Baptists mm-hmm. and also Trump voters. Mm-hmm. 
And it was just like, I'm not that religious, mm-hmm. but this is the least godly man who could possibly run for president. Like, if you're looking for a reli- someone, and I don't, don't want to judge, I'm not trying to be like that guy, but like you have this guy who wears his religion on his sleeve and talks about how his favorite book is the Bible and how godly he is and how much he loves God and all this stuff. And at the same time, he's just powered by greed and bringing other people down and, I mean, the stuff with the women, right? you know, bragging about sexual assault. Two they, Corinthians, right? Two Corinthians. Two Corinthians. Three seventeen. That's the whole ball game. That's the whole ball game. <laughs> I mean, that's the whole ball game. Yeah, and it it is. And he and, and everybody this values for summit. Yay! Everything that he said, they were just clapping. We would we we had a reporter there and uh, Kara Lerner, and she actually interviewed several supporters on this exact subject and asked them, okay, you remember when he bragged about sexual assault? Like, how do you? you know, talk about that. Mm-hmm. And what they would say is that, oh, he's a change man now. They would say, he, you know, he used to be a Democrat too. <laughs> it's the way they would explain it. And in one instance... Which is almost as bad as being a sexual assaulter. And when, in one in instance, a, a, a attendee said, you know, when he spoke, it felt like I was in church. And, and Jesus! And so you what you get is his appeals to nationalism and his conflation of faith and nationalism is arguably as influential, it seems, for a lot of these voters... Um, you know, Christian nationalism than whether or not he lives a you know godly life in a traditional sense, um, and it just it just outweighs anything else he does as long as he you know appoints conservative Supreme Court justices and tries to get rid of the Johnson Amendment that keeps pastors from endorsing candidates from the pulpit. So good grief! I just don't know what it would take for for him to lose that base. We had this conversation a couple of weeks ago during the Values Voter Summit. It's just like I don't know what what it would take. At this point, mm-hmm. you know, like it, it, there, there are many obviously interpretations of of the word of God, right? Mm-hmm. And and so much has been leaning towards we're like taking care of the like needy, right? Those who need our help, we need to help them. And that's not Donald Trump. Nope. I mean, he has a history of doing that. Well, I think you know, I've I've written about this a lot of the idea, the resurgence of Christian nationalism, right? Like Roy Moore, um, the senator, senator. Senatorial candidate in Alabama yeah. is an old school Christian nationalist, where he, like he's the guy who like got kicked out of his job because he refused to take down statues of the Ten Commandments. Yeah, but Trump plays into a different stream of religion that isn't, you know, is doesn't doesn't uh, the, the animating part of the theology isn't necessarily what what many people would interpret as like traditional Christian yeah. um, scriptural like theological beats. It's you marry. The fact that you're a Christian, that identity, with your national identity, and the need to defend that. So the idea that in America is a Christian That's nation fascinating. is is the most important thing. And yeah. it and then there's been some scholarship that when you believe that vociferously, when this is a very important aspect to you, that you very much believe that America is a Christian nation and it is sliding away from that, often those what gets attached to that are things like Islamophobia yeah. and xenophobia. And um and so Trump, you know, can can hit those beats. He might not be able to <laughs> can't quote scripture um, <laughs> to you know, Corinthians. With, with with sort of, you know, uh, any fluency um, and by any traditional standard Two but, Corinthians. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but he also um, can say you should kneel during the national anthem. And that, again, that was one of the loudest applause lines he got at the Values Voters yeah, Summit, not talking that. about, you know, how much he loves the Bible. Um, so that's the kind of religious element we're playing with with Trump. It's not. 
he's he's not trying to pretend that he's like the most Jesus-like figure um, in a traditional, like say, you know, um, Catholic or mainline Christian sense um, of you know a, a Pope Francis figure, as it were. Sure. Okay. Yeah. 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 He's 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 saying the cool Christian, right? It, he's saying what it means. Um, he's saying what it means to be Christian is what it means to be American, and which is exactly what the College of the Ozarks is saying too. Like. You, if you're going to come to our Christian school, you got to learn how to respect the flag and fold it and fly I, it. I'm fascinated by that, but God, that's terrifying. Yeah. That really is terrifying. I mean, to force people into that and to just like embrace and wrap yourself in that in such a way. I'm not shocked that this is what Donald Trump is doing, and that's just, but that, that's just what it is. Jack Jenkins, he is senior religion reporter for Think Progress. Follow his great, great work at thinkprogress.org. And follow him on Twitter at Jack M. Jenkins. Jack, it's good to see you. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for coming in, dude. Uh, we're going to take a very, very quick break. And next hour, we're going to have Emma Roller, senior reporter for Splinter News, starting off the hour. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is The Bill Press Show. Hey, everybody. This is Bill Press. Thanks for listening to the Bill Press and Friends podcast. And now, do yourself a favor. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to the show on iTunes. Here's what you do. Just search for the Bill Press Show. Then you can take us with you and listen in anywhere you go. And you'll get new shows from us as soon as they're posted. And one more thing. If you really enjoy Bill Press and Friends, please help us grow by telling a friend, writing a review, and giving us a rating on iTunes. It's so great to have you on board. Many thanks. Giving you everything you need to fight the Trump administration. This is The Bill Press Show. Live at YouTube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Folks. Welcome to the Bill Press Show on a Friday, October 27th. My name is Peter Ogg. Why are you grinning in there? Folks. 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 Folks, thank you for watching. Uh, it's the Bill Press Show. My name is Peter Ogg. We're sitting in for Bill Press. Friday, October 27th. Uh, it's Halloween, the weekend before Halloween when all the grown-ups have their Halloween parties. Nope. I have an announcement to make. I'm out. I have decided what my Halloween costume is for this year. I'll tell you in a moment. What? I'll tell you Why in a moment. Tell- oh, I see. It's the tease. It's a tease. Mm. You see? It's called a forward sell. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I'm doing this thing for, what, two do and a half years now? I'm do you dress up? No, I do not. I, 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 I'm I don't, an adult. I don't try- no, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. I am anti-dressing up for Halloween. I don't ever dress you up. You do it right, though, when you do it, so I'll give you that. I did it two years ago, That's the, but then like before that, I like never did it. Rob Ford, right? Oh, no, no, no. I did Rob Ford like four years ago and I just I was Rob Ford for Halloween and I stuck a pillow up my shirt wore a suit and had what looked like cocaine under my nose and I served chicken wings to the trick-or-treaters <laughs> did you have a crack pipe I didn't have a crack pipe mm. I didn't have a crack pipe we'll talk more about uh Halloween plans with uh me Jamie Benson and our guest for the hour senior reporter for Splinter News it's Emma Roller in studio uh we're gonna take uh all of those comments and all of your comments on Twitter at BP Show or at Peter Ogburn. But first, this is the Full Court Press. Just a couple of other stories for you on this Friday morning. We begin with more fallout from the sexual assault, harassment, assault, 
some of them have, some of them are sexual assault yeah. allegations against Mark Halperin, political reporter and now former NBC News on-air reporter. Mark Halperin, uh, in light of his accusations, it has now been announced the uh, Game Change 2016 edition to look back at the 2016 election that he uh, and his buddy John Hallman had been writing. Yeah, Penguin Press is not going to be releasing that one. They announced uh, that they will no longer be proceeding with the project. Well, HBO said the same thing because, you know, with these books, they go ahead and turn it into like a special edition movie. Remember the one with uh, uh, John McCain and Sarah Palin? Now this is just a damn shame. So no game change 2016, as they may say. It's game over. I hate Mark Halperin, and I don't think there's anybody more deserving of a takedown than Mark Halperin. And you read these stories about what he did to these... Like, he handpicked young women to come and work with him, not based on their qualifications, but whether or not... You know, they were attractive. And then you read some of these stories about how he made them sit on his lap when he had an erection. He would dangle his hotel room key in front of them and tell them where he was staying and that he wanted to have meetings with them after hours. I mean, I'm a white man, so I'm not going to, I mean, I'm going to act surprised by all of this, right? Mm -hmm. But like, I think that what's so it, what's so telling about this is that what, some of our female friends have been worried about for years have been confirmed. I mean, I know a lot, I mean, just about every woman that I know has a story of like a guy Mm -hmm. being an asshole um, or sexually assaulting or whatever, right? But like, this goes way deeper than anybody that I really realized. He's awful. Uh, on the br- uh, brighter news here, let's go to Wisconsin, huh? Emma? Yeah? Hey. All right. Hey. My home state. The land of cheese curds. A uh, 38-year-old Marshfield man. Marshfield. You been to Marshfield? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. All right. Well, in Marshfield, there is a quick trip. Quick trip sells okay. beer. A 38-year-old Marshmill, uh, Marshfield man, excuse me, decided go. to go into the beer cooler uh, to grab himself some beer. He was browsing around in the beer cooler when, at 11.50 p.m. on Tuesday night, the employees locked him inside <gasps> that beer cooler. Oh no. oh, no. Instead of tapping on the window of the beer cooler to get the employees' attention, uh, uh, attention excuse me, the man decided to stay inside the beer cooler and drink beer. Drink the beer. Like a true Wisconsinite. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was found by employees at 5.50 a.m. the next morning. Uh, he was cited by police. Two citations for drinking the beer. You can't do that. I don't think you're allowed to do that. He was there all night just drinking beer. You know what, though? It, it uh, seems fair to me. Respect. Yeah. Respect. Yeah. Respect. Respect. Mm-hmm. Respect the game. your radio on tv and online this is the bill press show it is the bill press show hello everybody it is friday october 27th my name is peter ogren in for bill press on this friday i'm joined for the whole hour yes by senior reporter at splinter news emma roller you can follow her on twitter at emma roller and read her fine fine work at splinternews.com i also just want to say one of my favorite Twitter accounts that I follow. Oh, my God. It's so good. Thank you. Uh, Before the break there, before we joined our good friends at WCPT in Chicago, we were talking about Halloween. I think I just made that up. Is that a thing? Have you heard that before? Halloween? I don't don't like it. it You don't like it? No, I don't like it. What do you mean you don't like it? I don't like it. 
Halloween. I, li- I like it. Thanks, Peter. Emma. <laughs> Halloween is the weekend before Halloween, where all the grown-ups have the drunky parties where they dress up. You know, it is a thing, and I don't like this either. Hallowed Eve. No, it's not for me. That's a thing. No, it's not for me. I like saying Halloween with the apostrophe <laughs> between what? the two E's. That's pretty good. That's the old school That's old spelling. School. Yeah. Oh, really? Halloween. Halloween. Like from Salem? That's how they did yes, it in it Salem with the witches? Yes, it makes me feel like, yeah, I'm on trial. You've been to Salem, by the way? I've never been to Salem. It's, it's, it's kind of fun. I don't like Halloween, but it's a thing. Really? It's kind of fun, yeah. Uh, Emma, are you dressing up for Halloween? So I'm very lame. I don't have a costume yet. No, no, I don't think it's lame. I don't mm-hmm. think it's lame. I never, ever dress up for Halloween. Yeah. I just haven't had any good ideas, but there have been a lot of really good memes flying around Twitter of like couples costumes yeah, with no, different no, combinations. No, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm I'm not, Kurt, I don't go for that. But. Kurt Eichenwald in an anime character. <laughs> oh my. Kurt Eichenwald in an octopus. <laughs> oh my. Oh, yeah, That's what you yeah, should yeah. be. <laughs> That's what you should be. <laughs> I could do that. That, that is that's gold. It'd be very very uh, specific. But Jamie, do you dress up for Halloween? No, I told you that. No, I don't. When was do the that. last time you were like a kid? Yeah, I was in middle school. You never did it. No, I did it when I was. I a mean, kid. as a grown up, you've never done it. Um, I had to for like a work thing. I was like, I just did like had a, to. I just got like it's a America. toga costume. <laughs> Stupid. I've dressed up as an adult twice. I was Rob Ford one year. And then uh, two years ago, I was sex positive Paul Bunyan. What does that entail? I grew a beard, and I had a flannel shirt that was unbuttoned, <laughs> and I had, like, booty jorts on. Ah, uh, so like, rather really... than, like, sexy, you're sex positive. Sex positive. Well, yeah. I don't like to say, like, slutty Paul Bunyan. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sex positive. Yeah. But I have an announcement to make. This year, I have my costume. Uh-huh. Well, I, have, I have it picked out. I just have to go get the rest of the costume. I'm going to be Buck Dancer. Who? <laughs> yeah, what? You watching the new Curb Enthusiasm season? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Buck Dancer. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet. It's a fatwa! <laughs> oh, the, the Yeah, musical. so I'm going to be the disguise. I'm going to be the disguise with the gray hair and the mustache and the whole thing. Jamie has a very disapproving look on his face. Again, it's a little specific. Yeah, well, you either get it or you don't. You're either in on the joke or you're, or you're out of the loop. Are you going to go trick-or-treating with the kiddos? Yeah, but not as Buck Dancer. <laughs> I think I'll probably be put on a list. Probably just be dad. Ray has announced what she will be. Ray, what will you be? She'll be the Hamburglar. Oh, oh that's, that's, so, a, that's, that's a very good one. That's so good. Ray has a little baby. Yes, I've met the baby. Is she dre- Is she going to be in costume? I'm curious to hear if a uh, little baby is going to be. She doesn't know. It's, it's, um, she could be Grimace. It's a game time decision. Baby. Ooh, Grimace, yeah. Oh, that's right. You could be the Hamburglar and the baby could be Grimace. (laughs) She wants to dress her as a a little troll, Uh, you know, like the the toy. Oh, Oh, because she's got that hair that sticks up. I had a, I had a, Magnus, my youngest, used to have the the stick up hair like that. You could put like a jewel stick on on her belly button. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, wow, yeah, yeah. Dressing up kids for Halloween, Ray, you will find this out, is one of the greatest pleasures in life. It's so fun. Like, it's so much fun to watch the kids get excited. I mean, she's a baby, so she's not going to get super excited about it yet. But, like, as they get older, it's so much fun. Do your kids have costumes? You know what? Are they too cool for that now? Are they reaching that age where they're like, oh, I'm too cool for Halloween? My oldest is now like, oh, I'm just going to get, like, a scary mask and run around. And and it's like, oh, don't be that guy. (laughs) Magnus, I don't know what he's going to be. Himself a natural terror. Yeah, horrifying on its own. (laughs) 
Hi, Magnus. Magnus. White Lightning. Probably watching. Probably watching the show. Anyway. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to be Buck Dancer. I'm just going to go get the gray thing. Nobody knows what I'm talking. There's I'll... like such a small percentage of people who are watching it. <laughs> but in D.C., among a certain, yeah, group of millennials. Yeah. Yeah. They'll get it. I uh, We're going to talk. Uh, we have Carolyn Fiddler from Daily Coast who's going to be in here a little bit later on. And we're going to talk about some of the legislative uh, races around the country. But uh, Emma, I love Emma's writing. I really do. I think you're oh, such a good writer. Thank you. And I just, I just, your headline, you should all be ashamed of yourselves. <laughs> on Tuesday, Senator Jeff Flake of Arizona announced he will be retiring from Congress in 2019. To that I say, bye, bitch. <laughs> I love it. You know, I can be a little more unhinged than when I was at at the gray lady. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I want to talk to you a little bit about, I want to talk about sort of the election itself a little bit later on, but just this idea of Jeff Flake and Republicans. Mm -hmm. I've seen so many Democrats lining up Mm -hmm. to say like, oh, this is a proud moment Mm -hmm. for American democracy. Jeff Flake is standing up Mm -hmm. against his own party. And it's Mm -hmm. like, no, he's not. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I I make this point in my piece. There's there's many reasons why Jeff Flake should not be welcomed into the the hashtag resistance. Yeah, uh, right. As uh, Representative Ted Lieu tweeted, he said, "Jeff this Flake, welcome to people. the resistance." What's wrong with people? Um, I actually think Tom Perez had a pretty good like pretty good statement about this. It was this, great. Um, it was great. Which he then got a lot of flack for from yeah. from centrist Democrats that said, "Look." Jeff Flake has voted with uh, the Trump administration 90 or over 90 percent of the time. He voted for all but one of Trump's cabinet appointees, including people like, you know, Betsy DeVos, Ben Carson for HUD, you know, all the whole slate. Monsters. Um, Goblins, ghouls, <laughs> all of them. A zombie with no conscience. Exactly. Um, Happy Halloween. <laughs> Uh, And then just recently, you know, the same day he gave this sort of grandstanding speech on the Senate floor, which is what Jeff Flake really excels at, is Mm. um, getting a lot of press attention. And reporters, by the way, love Flake because like John McCain, like Bob Corker, they make themselves available to reporters. And that goes, people underestimate, that goes a huge way toward, you know, getting... uh, credence with reporters they love people who they have access to yeah no you, you, it's a good point because like people forget i think how popular john mccain was in his heyday mm-hmm. right he, like even before the the run against barack obama the straight talk express right yeah yeah like i mean having he, all those reporters on the bus he was day. beloved by mm-hmm. reporters and and that that led to his image being just sterling mm-hmm. in the media because he made himself available and it's kind of gross but um, and so, yeah, so then he, he gave the speech. Uh, to be completely honest, I did not listen to the speech because I had no interest in hearing what he had Same. to say. Same. Um, and so he's retiring now in 2019, which will actually help. The reason he's retiring is not to, you know, take this noble stance against the Trump administration. It's because his approval rating is he was going to lose. He was going to lose because he was going to lose. He was going to get his ass handed to him. And right. It was going to be embarrassing. And so he can go out this way. And save some face. I agree with Sarah Sanders for once. It's probably a good move. Yeah. For him to retire. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I'm so 
look, I, I think at the end of the day, I'm glad that Bob Corker and Jeff Flake are, are, are saying these things about Trump. Sure. But we should not just assume and we should not just automatically line up to say, oh, good for these guys. They're finally standing up. Right. For Trump. I, I don't think. Any, yeah. They, they can do things actually that are like against Trump. They can. Right. I think there's block him. There's this sort of I don't know if it's amnesia or what it is, is or this sort of uh, liberal tendency to equate words with action. And I know I'm a huge hypocrite here because I write for words for a living. But, you know, people like Jeff Flake and Bob Corker are in positions where they could actively be pushing back against the Trump administration in ways that aren't just giving speeches on the Senate floor. They could actually vote against things like the CRA that now um, prevents people from bringing class action suits against big Wall Street banks that have screwed them over. Um, Jeff Flake voted for that a few hours after his speech. Um, Again, I, I... I love the way you write about this, but what essentially Jeff Flake did, as you write, is, quote, I called it quits and cash the F out, baby, but not before giving a very strongly worded speech on the Senate floor, I'll have you know. So, like, he's going to go on to have a very lucrative career somewhere. We don't know where, but it's a safe bet. Yeah. That he's going to be just fine. Who is the Virginia? Eric Cantor. I feel like he's the... He's the prime example for cashing out. Sure. Mm-hmm. Eric Cantor cashed out. Mm-hmm. Did Eric Cantor sell a book just like Jeff Flake did in the months leading up to this? Uh, no. Maybe? I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think well, Eric, I guess Eric Cantor got booted out. It wasn't right. his decision. But either way, Jeff Flake knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah. No, I mean, he gambled. This was very calculated. He gambled on this. But, like, you know, he also said, oh, there are going to be more Republicans that are going to come out. Mm, I'm not so sure of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe if they also decide that they're going to retire. But is there going to be a sitting senator who's going to be that vocal against Donald Trump, a Republican senator? I don't think so. I think this you're, what you're seeing here is the last, the very last dying gasps of the anti-Trump movement yeah. within the Republican Party. To be honest, um, we've we've seen that. You know, I'm trying to think who else. I mean, Ben's ass is the one guy yeah. that like <laughs> mm-hmm. continually. Well, he's also kind someone kind of beats up on Trump, right? He's like says says Trump is bad on Twitter, and then proceeds to you know agree with ninety percent of the Trump administration's agenda. That's the thing; they're quantifiable like, data that you can look at. Do mm-hmm. you really support Donald Trump? Well, let's mm-hmm. look. Mm-hmm. Well, you voted for everything. And the other thing is with people like Ben Sass and Jeff Flake that I think gets left behind. Is that is- how you say his name? Sass. Ben S- I thought it was Ben yeah. Sass. Ben's ass. Oh. I, thought it was, I thought it was Ben's I thought, ass. I thought that was the wordplay you were doing. Was it wrong? <laughs> is it Mike um, Pence or is it Mike? Yeah, it's Mike Piss. Oh. Yeah. Is it, really? Yeah. And, Bitch, and Bitch McConnell. Oh, okay. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But for people like ben, Ben's ass and Jeff Flake, the reason they don't like some of Trump's positions is because they're not right enough. Not because they're not moderate enough. Right. Jeff Flake is also someone who does a really good job of branding himself as this moderate conservative when he is, in fact, you know, this he was his personal hero when he was coming up was Barry Goldwater. Yeah. He's not a moderate Republican people. No. no, not even not even a little bit. Can we play this clip again, by the way, from Wolf Blitzer on CNN with the um, senator who I just found out existed a couple of weeks ago, James Risch from Idaho? Oh, yeah, right. He lies about something, and you know it's a lie. Shouldn't you speak up? It's your job. 
What's, but that's your job. You're a United States senator. You're a, an equal branch of the, a co-equal branch of the U.S. government. God. That's your job. That's your job. You, you know, we have other things. Everything you on. say is fake and made up, but it's also your job. Yeah. Jesus Christ. We live in hell. <laughs> Spooky. We, we live in hell. Happy Wait, if Halloween. we're calling each other names or calling each other out or, oh, this or is gold. saying things against each other, what does that do to help a working mom get ahead? What does that do to help a veteran get the health care he deserves? How about that? How about Paul Ryan, who amazingly, remarkably walked out in front of the press and somehow hid his giant balls that he had before saying something like that? When was that? I missed that. It was yesterday, wasn't it? It was yesterday! Yesterday. Donald Trump is fighting with members of his own party. He's fighting with members of the NFL. Excuse me. He's fighting with widows mm-hmm. of slain U.S. soldiers. You know, the, the real problem are, are single moms who are on food stamps just yeah. working working three jobs. They're the real threat to, you know, decency in America. And we're definitely going to help them with this tax reform plan, not yeah. totally screw them over. Yeah. Well, let's not call names. Paul Ryan. Forget about it. Ugh. I, like, can't talk about him too much because my heart can you play that first racing? clip again i just want to like remember who donald trump is remember who the president of the united states is remember who has his support or who has supported him paul ryan and think about all the horrible horrendous things that donald trump has said and now listen to paul ryan if we're calling each other names or calling each other out or or saying things against each other what does that do to help a working mom get ahead what does that do to help a veteran get the health care he deserves? Good boy, Paul. Good boy. Woof. <laughs> I wonder if Paul Ryan's dressing up for Halloween. He would be Eddie Munster. I know that's a that's a that's low hanging. It's a low fruit. blow. That's low hanging fruit. Yeah. That's an easy one. Ooh, politicians' Halloween costumes. Ugh. I actually regret bringing up this question. <laughs> Barack Obama never dressed up for Halloween. I thought he did. Wasn't he like? Um... Didn't he and Michelle dress up one? They did like a Star Wars themed yeah. night at at uh, the White House, but I don't remember. That was where he had the lightsaber, that cool oh, ass yeah. shot of him with the lightsaber. I thought he was maybe a vampire one year, but that might just be. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't remember. Um, my favorite White House Halloween photo of all time is the baby Pope in the baby oh, Pope mobile. Yeah, the baby Pope mobile. That's so right. So cute. Ray, you should maybe consider making Ray, you should your you daughter should make the pope. Yeah, you should make her the pope. First female pope. First female pope. I I also want to get into this other very disturbing story uh that you wrote that has not gotten nearly as much coverage as, mm-hmm. as I think it should be getting. Um the DOJ's arguments for preventing an undocumented girl from having an abortion are sickening. This, this is a story, I'll let you sort of spell it out mm-hmm. for us, but like, it just shows how depraved we've gotten t- with regards to like rights towards those who are undocumented, right? It doesn't mm-hmm. matter that they need help or need our help or whatever. It's just cruel. Tell us what's going on. Yeah, so I think this story is... Um a prime example of, like you said, the erosion of civil liberties in general, but specifically with regard to immigrants and undocumented immigrants. The government is making an active play to argue, look, undocumented immigrants do not have the same rights as Mm -hmm. 
other Americans, as, you know, other Americans. Um, And it's chilling, honestly. So this 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 is the story. Um, This 17 year old girl who is anonymous um, in this case, she um, was uh, taken into custody at the U.S.-Mexico border and she was coming to the U.S. from Central America to get an abortion because she was pregnant um, and her home country, uh, in her home country, abortion was illegal. Um, federal officials then proceeded to hold her. And first, I think it was ICE and then it was HHS officials, you know, were holding her in custody and refusing to let her get an abortion. Um, and as everyone should know, Roe v. Wade says everyone <clears throat> has a right to an abortion. There is a law. Yes. You, you might not like it. But it is a law. Uh, so I forget what the specific wording is, but the DOJ lawyers arguing um, and the ACLU ended up representing this girl to um, argue for her right, her constitutional right to an abortion. And the DOJ lawyers argument in response was extremely chilling Um it, it's this part right here. Let me read this. Uh, in court filings, the Justice Department said the government has strong and constitutionally legitimate interest in promoting childbirth. What? In refusing to facilitate abortion and in not providing incentives for pregnant minors to illegally cross the border yeah. to obtain elective abortions while in federal custody. So I read that line and that's Holy just another. Cow. It's literally advocating for forced Birth is, birth is what it is. Um, the government has a strong and constitutionally legitimate interest in promoting childbirth? Right. It's one of those things where you can't just say it and it becomes true. There is a law that women can choose to have an abortion. You can make all the laws that you want that, you know, limit abortion clinics in your sure, state. Sure, and they are. And, you know. Plenty of them, plenty of them sure. are. Sure. But people still have... Roe v. Wade has not been overturned yet. People have a fundamental right to an abortion. Um, so this, thankfully, this story does have a happy ending. Although the DOJ and federal officials kept this poor girl in custody for over 25 days into her second trimester. And as we all know, the later you get an abortion, the more dangerous sure, it is sure. uh, for the woman. Um so this was really reckless behavior, uh, in my opinion. Um, but thankfully, the the ACLU appealed the case and um, was, uh, I think, a federal judge ended up ruling against the DOJ, and the girl was able to go get an abortion. It's, I mean, this is a theme for this topic, mm-hmm. right? Like there are rules and laws in place, mm-hmm. and they're being completely discarded eroded and eroded and it's like i i understand you don't like this if you're Mm -hmm. doj or republicans or Mm -hmm. donald trump whatever like you don't like this but too bad Mm -hmm. i mean it is the law and if you don't like it they have the power to do something about it Mm -hmm. and good luck with that Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh you know they can't seem to get anything else done but my point is if you don't like it, change the law. You can't just erode the law and change the law. And decide law the law is what as you want it, goes. it to be. Right. right. It's just not how it works. Um, and the other thing I forgot to mention is that while they were actively keeping this girl from seeing, you know, going to an abortion clinic, federal officials did force her to go to one of these crisis pregnancy centers, um, you know, this like a, a Christian center where, you know, you it basically tries to dissuade women from getting an abortion. Um, she did not want to go. 
and federal officials forced her to go and listen to an argument um, against her will for why she should not have an abortion. And it's the whole reason she came to this country because because it is legal here. Jesus. So it's it's one of those stories that got covered up with a lot of other bad news this week. But I think it's important to think about this and think about how uh, federal agencies are actively kind of trying to undermine civil liberties. Um, I want to switch gears here. You haven't written about this, but I'm sure you can mm-hmm. talk about this with us. Yesterday, Donald Trump talked about his new plan to combat the opioid crisis. Um, I want to play some of the clips from Donald Trump yesterday because, first of all, technically— They're bad. They, thank you. They are, they are all of bad. the clips. All They're of the clips. Bad. So much. Um, he declared it a public health emergency. That's sort of the wording for it. It's a public health emergency. But as Donald Trump decided to call it, it's not a. It's either a national emergency or a public health emer- health emergency. But he called it effective today. My administration is officially declaring the opioid crisis a national public health emergency under federal law. Now, I understand it sounds like we're picking nits here. Like, close enough. The guy's the president of the United States, and this is supposed to be a well-thought-out plan. He promised it to us two months ago. And and also on the the campaign trail. And on the campaign trail. And so here is his big message. How are we going to combat it? We're going to just tell kids drugs are bad. There is nothing desirable about drugs. They're bad. I'm sorry, that delivery was so... They're bad. They're bad. So, like... You know, I just have to say one thing. We we talked about this during the election and because we didn't think that he was actually going to get get elected. But Donald Trump would be so good in Vegas doing an old person, sta- like, comedy stand-up routine. Yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah, would yeah. be amazing. No, 100%. He would crush. Yeah. He'd sell out every show. Him and Mike Huckabee together... That's what I mean. That's what his rallies essentially were: were one long stand-up set after yeah. another, and that's why people loved Angry it. Angry stand-up. Um, like who's the guy with the puppets? Jeff, what's his name? Dunham. Jeff Dunham. Oh, wow. He's like political I Jeff Dunham. I am so Dunham. sad that we that both knew that. Woof. <laughs> the guy with it? the really racist puppets. Yeah, yeah, yeah the racist puppet yeah. guy. That's mm-hmm. him. Yeah, Jeff Dunham. Hello, Jerry. There he is. <laughs> Freaky. That guy. So, like, I. Am old enough? I don't even know if it's still around. The Dare program in schools. Yeah, I don't know if it's still around. We would Dare but kid. I, yes, I was. A I was dare a Dare kid. kid. Oh yeah. Um, wildly ineffective program, like woeful way, like just a waste of money, mm-hmm. completely. The kids were like being force fed this stuff, and like, if you're a kid, you shouldn't do drugs. Okay. And now every you know. Every stoner I know has an ironic dare shirt. Yeah, sure. No, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and uh, and so, like, their whole message was just like, drugs are bad. Don't do drugs. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work. Like, every bit of evidence, every bit of data that looks at the dare program and what it did and, what, and, and all that just proves didn't freaking work. And we're back to the opioid crisis. And the solution is, well, drugs are bad. Mm-hmm. They're bad. And then Donald Trump did something that I drives me crazy, and so many people do this. I mentioned earlier, Carly Fiorina did this in one of the debates where she talked about, like, well, we shouldn't have all this pot legalization because my daughter died from a pain pill overdose or whatever it was that she had. Yeah. It's like two compl- like completely right. unrelated things. Well, we shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't make chocolate legal because my daughter... No. 
overdose. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's the same thing. We don't have clip of it. We don't have a clip of this. But apparently, he also said yesterday, "We're gonna find a better drug instead of, uh, you know, oxy's or op- opioids in general." First of all, I like, hello, you to find a better the drug. better drug is staring right at you. It's marijuana. Yeah. Right. It helps with pain. Also, I thought he just said dr- all drugs are bad. They're bad. They're all bad except for the ones that are better than. That are going to be better. Yeah, yeah. They're bad. What? What? I mean, what in what reality are we living in? Um, the other point that I wanted to make is, yeah, is that Donald Trump thinks he's like this brain genius who just came up with something that Nancy Reagan came up with thirty years ago that was wildly ineffective. Of just, just say no. And it has been incredibly ineffective, both that and the entire war on drugs. We've seen that stuff like mandatory minimums, locking um, people, more and more people up, doesn't help anything. It doesn't solve the problem. Right. You can't incarcerate your way to a solution. Jamie, I want to play that clip where he his teleprompter stopped yesterday. It wasn't Mm -hmm. working. And so he he launched into this whole story about his brother, Fred. I had a brother, Fred, great guy, best-looking guy, best personality, much better than mine. Wasn't ready for that. But he had a problem. He had a problem with alcohol. Oh, alcohol! And he would tell me, don't drink. Okay. So I guess that worked for him. And also, we're talking about alcohol, something totally different than right. opioids. right. I mean, I do think it's good that politi- – I wrote something about this when I was at the Times. I do think it's good when politicians like Jeb Bush and Carly Fiorina talk about their personal experience with opioids. Totally. And, like, their experience is valid, and it's very sad that their family members died of that. But it is a completely separate issue from stuff like marijuana. Yeah. Um, which I believe is – is it still a Schedule Yeah, one it is. Yep. It's still, yeah, that it's still is insane. One. Yep. Absolutely. Whereas things like fentanyl, you know, uh, benzodiazepines, stuff that that actually people can abuse and overdose from, those are are classed as like less dangerous than marijuana. And by the way, it, it is it is not hard to get hooked on these drugs, mm-hmm. and it's also not hard to get your hands on these drugs. Having just having just come from a, a brief hospital stay, well, not a brief, but a hospital stay, they are throwing opioids at me. Really? Yeah, I can't. I don't. I can't take them. They're not for me. But like, this is how it starts. This is how sure, it starts. Sure. Anyway, we are on Twitter at BP Show at BP Show. Emma is on Twitter at Emma Roller. I'm on Twitter at Peter Ogburn. Uh, send us your comments on any topic at any time. There, we'll read some of those. Uh, if we get some new good ones when we come back from a very, very quick break. Plus, we'll be joined by political editor and senior communications advisor at Daily Co's, Carolyn Fiddler. She'll be joining us here in just a few moments. Stay tuned. Drugs. Follow us on Twitter at BP Show. This is The Bill Press Show. Live video, Bill's commentary, the best clips from the show, all in one place. YouTube.com slash The Bill Press Show. 
Hi, everybody. It is the Bill Press Show, 36 minutes past the hour. My name is Peter Ogburn, sitting in for Bill Press today. By the way, I just want to mention, today, in about an hour or so, we're going to be dropping episode two of The Making of Bernie Sanders. It's our special podcast, which you can only get if you are a uh, patron on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash BP show. And what we're doing is, for those of you who don't know this, Bernie Sanders' campaign was launched in the living room of Bill Press. And so before Bernie ever said he was running for president, he had a couple of meetings at Bill's house. Did you know this? I did not know this. Yeah. He had a couple of meetings at Bill's house with a lot of Democratic strategists. Mm -hmm. And the question was, can I win? Do I have a shot at this? And this was in 2014. 14. And so the episode one is up, and that's where I interview Bill about what happened at those meetings, who was there, and what was said, and all that type of oh, stuff. That's so interesting. And then episode two is going to drop today. We had Tad Devine in studio, and we mm-hmm. asked him essentially what was going on inside the mind of the Bernie Sanders campaign after every win or loss in the primary. And it, it was really fascinating mm-hmm. to hear like how they adjusted, what they did, and what they were thinking, and whether or not they thought like, okay, well, we'll bounce back here or here or here. And so we we got into that with him. Uh, other episodes are going to be going up later. We talked to um, uh, Michael Briggs, former um, uh, communications mm-hmm. director for Bernie Sanders. Uh, we talked to Larry Cohen, um, who was way out there early as uh, uh, the first labor union to endorse Bernie. Mm-hmm. And we talked to uh, Nina Turner as well. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be rolling these episodes out. And plus, we have a very special panel we're working on uh, that's going to talk about what role Bernie has played in the formation of the current Democratic Party after the loss in 2016. So, uh, anyway, episode two drops today. All you have to do is just join uh, our Patreon page. It's $5 a month. Not only do you get the uh, making of Bernie Sanders, but you get special content, exclusive content from Bill. Every single day he records a commentary for our Patreon page and uh, special guest interviews, too. So that uh, I'll take the, the, the huckster hat off. I'll quit shilling for the show. <laughs> But it's cool. I'm really proud of what we've done with the podcast. It's going to be very, very cool. So I, when I found out that I was going to be hosting on this Friday show, I knew I wanted to get two people in. Emma Roller, who is senior reporter at Splinter News. Hello, Emma. Hello. Hello. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter, at Emma Roller. And I knew I wanted to get in politics editor and senior communications advisor at Daily Kos, Carolyn Fiddler. You can follow her on Twitter, Twitter at CFID, F-I-D-D. That's me. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hello. We've never actually been on the show together. This is so exciting. I'm frankly excited. I'm very excited. Uh, As I have often said, when I host the show, I like to bring in very smart people to help carry me along, not unlike the way that a donut surrounds an empty, vacuous hole (laughs) with wonderful goodness. So you two are the wonderful goodness. I am the empty vacuous you're the You're the vacuum. I am. I feel like you're selling yourself short. Yeah. Why are you looking at me like that, Jamie? <laughs> you all right? Yeah, we'll let you do you're, you. You're like the munchkin that you, the little munchkins Boom. that you get. Munchkins, pretty good. Yes, they are Yes, good. they are. Pretty good. I don't seek them out, but they're good. Oh, here we go. They're bad. Here we go. <laughs> we, have, we have some hot munchkin ba- takes here. Yeah. yeah, Jamie, what do you think about munchkins really? They're bad. They're bad. <laughs> they're bad. Munchkin's better than some drugs I've taken. Oh. <laughs> that escalated quickly. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was talking about the drug oh, thing. Meant, we were talking about drugs, really. <laughs> oh, I miss everything. Yeah, right? Oh. So the anyway. sniff is back. I just want to, I just, I'm really happy because the sniff is back. We had not heard it since the debates, 
the sniff is back. Right. I slowed I it down, but it's I back. haven't heard a sniff like that since uh, I was friends with this bookie that sold me Coke a couple years ago. <laughs> it just sounds like that. It reminds me of him. Yeah, I'm wistful. <laughs> Do you meet him at the at the Greyhound track? <laughs> Simpler times. Who yeah. has a bookie? Yeah. I did when I was younger. Okay. I, I mean, I, do I, I, I don't. I, I don't, don't gamble anymore. I don't mm-hmm. do coke anymore. Clean, but this guy, living. this guy handles. This is a chapter in your life that I have not heard yet. I have not read. Oh, I didn't really? Know you were a gambler. Oh, I was. I, well, I was a huge gambler, but I spent a lot of money on gambling. You had a bookie, like that's a thing. I had a bookie. <laughs> yeah. That's, hey, you don't just casually have, have a, a bookie. bookie. Yeah. But he had that sniff. Oh, yeah. He had the Donald Trump sniff. There it is. Uh, <laughs> memories. Mm. Anyway. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. <laughs> Wait, first first of all, we have so much important stuff to talk about. Mm. But as you know, we are entering Halloween weekend. Yay. Jamie? Wait, what are you going to be? Is it a yes or a no? The Halloween weekend? Is it grown on you yet at all? Is it? Is it uh, surely it's grown on you some. They're bad. Ah, damn it. <laughs> the weekend before Halloween when all the grown-ups have their drunky Halloween parties. Um, do you have a costume? Oh, I do. Oh, I want to hear all about it. Oh, I'm very excited. Uh, well, it involves, uh, I had to cut off the sleeve off my uh, blue shirt last night. Okay. I have a, a toy a toy boomstick, if you will. That should probably give it away. Boomstick. Yes. Um, this is my boomstick. What is What's it? What's a boomstick? Ash, Ash Williams from Army of Darkness. Oh, my God. That's so good. I'm so excited. That's so good. <laughs> I don't know what this is. Oh, it's Bruce Campbell's character from uh, from Evil Dead 3, oh, Army okay. of Darkness. Army of Darkness so, is very good. It's a classic. I mean, it's awesome. very bad in the way that it's very yes. good. Yeah. Bruce Campbell's an American treasure, and Army of Darkness is an American classic. And I've got the chainsaw hand thing kind of worked out mechanically. Oh, and and yes. instead of a purse, because like Ash Williams doesn't carry a purse, I've got... Uh, a Necronomicon with an empty <gasps> center. For it. Did you so, make a Necronomicon? Well, I just took one of those empty books and then like uh, As put, one a, does. Put, put a put a false cover on it. So uh, that's awesome. I'm psyched. I'm here for that. <laughs> uh, all right. You? So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be Buck Dancer from the Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh my! Uh, episodes. How about you? I don't have anything yet. We've been workshopping some. We're trying to figure it out on the show. <sighs> hmm. Jamie is ne- Jamie doesn't dress up for Halloween. Oh. I do not. He's a that's all right. I, I rarely dress up for Halloween. As a, 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 I just don't a, look at this guy. Look at this guy. <laughs> Set, put it on Jamie Cam. Look at him. Look at what he did to our studio. Well, you got to break everything. He broke. Why you? And he no. It's got. It goes from underneath. I'll just hold it like this. It goes from it's underneath. Like, uh, I'm the I'm the wrestling announcer guy. There, there you go. go. Yeah. Perfect. Don King. Over there, there it is. Perfect. Bruce Buffer. Perfect. All right. So I want to first of all, I want to I want to get into this story that Emma wrote, and Carolyn, I want to get your thoughts on this as well, um, because I want to talk about some races around the country. Uh, Mike Bloomberg's Every Town is pouring money into Virginia's Democratic races. The Democratic. Well, the races in Virginia are amazing, and the race for governor is shaping up to be... It's going to be a squeaker. Harrowing. Yes. The harrowing is the word I would use. Yes. Yeah. Is this keeping you up at night? Uh, not yet. Ask me again on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for, so when is the election? Uh, it's a week from this coming Tuesday. It's like right here. Week it's and a half. so yeah. close. So it's a week close. and a half away. Uh, it's Ed Gillespie and Ralph Northam. I think that... First of all, I want to get into the Everytown stuff and how gun control is playing a, sure. a role in this race. But mm. first of all, I want to ask you, should Democrats be worried? 
Well, I'm tired of reading about and hearing about Democrats freaking out. It's kind of kind of tiresome. That said, Ed Gillespie's new ads. By the way, I'm freaking out. <laughs> everyone, everyone should take a little bit of a breath. However, yeah. Ed Gillespie's new ads hitting uh, Northam for the felon felon uh, voting rights restoration mm-hmm. that hit him specifically yes. on that sex offender. Yeah, 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 the, yeah. I mean, I saw the at least the third iteration of that ad this morning, which means. They're they're testing well, yeah. which means it's getting traction. Mm. Like, and these ads are just like they're crappy ads. I mean, they're 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 supporting, they're pushing a racist uh, policy mm-hmm. and using a, a, a they're a really misleading set of circumstances to do it. But they're mechanically very good, very effective ads. Right. So they're basically um, they're criticizing Ralph Northam, who was uh, lieutenant or, governor, is lieutenant governor under Ken Cuccinelli. Or, sorry, not me. <laughs> Whoa, oh my God. on Earth too, what where everything is terrible. Reality Everyone take a breath. Happy Halloween. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can recover. No, from maybe, you, maybe you should take this. <laughs> so once upon a time, so a few years ago, uh, Terry McAuliffe decided he wanted to restore, automatically restore voting rights to uh, to uh, folks who had served time for their felonies and had you know had everything all squared away, had paid their debt to society, etc. Because um, there's no automatic vote, voter uh, rights restoration in Virginia. It has to be done uh, piecemeal, like on a case-by-case basis mm-hmm. by the governor. He's like, I'm going to do it for everybody. Mm. And the Republicans freaked out, and they filed a lawsuit, and the state Supreme Court, in a 4-3 decision, said, no, Governor McAuliffe, you cannot do that. And so McAuliffe says, all right, well, I'm just going to have to, you know, do it in big batches and have basically the same effect, which he did. He's restored uh, almost 200,000, a lot. Um, If you didn't know this about the Republican Party, (laughs) they really don't like people voting. Yeah, that's 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 a fun fact. Well, that's what this whole attack ad is about. Is um, it highlights this one man who um, was convicted for child pornography? It was it it was just a weird timing thing. Like he'd already been convicted of a felony Mm -hmm. and and had served his time, Mm -hmm. and then he had just been arrested for Mm -hmm. child porn again Mm. when he when. McAuliffe happened to issue that order that just happened to but, automatically. But essentially, it's using rights. one you know bad example of one person right. to tie it to you know voting enfranchisement for hundreds of thousands of people. Right. I mean, going going after the restoration of, of voting rights in this way is just it's straight up racist. Like mm-hmm. depriving uh, folks who have paid their debt to society of voting rights is just it's a blatantly systemically racist policy, um, and it's very much in line with the rest of. Gillespie's ads. Mm-hmm. I want to play one of the, one of uh, Jeb. Gillespie, uh, I call him Jeb Gillespie because he's so <laughs> low energy. Uh, but he put out a very low energy ad. Mm. Um, he put out an ad about, of all things, the monuments. Here's the ad. For governor, there's a clear choice. Ralph Northam wants to take down Virginia's Civil War monuments. I will do everything that I can to remove the statues at the state level. Remove the statues at the state level. Ralph Northam will take our statues down. Ed Gillespie will reserve them. I'm for keeping them up, and he's for taking them down. And that's a big difference in November. On November 7th, is it a big difference? For They're governor, I'm Ed Gillespie, candidate for governor, and I sponsored this ad. Also, like you couldn't sound more enthused about that. I, he's uh, for Jamie, taking him down. Jamie, I'm that thing where he goes, him up. I want to keep him up. He, he sounds Jebby. He sounds he really like does. Jeb there. Really I'm really for does. keeping him up. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is Jeb, Jeb Bush. That is that is that is Jebtastic. But uh, yeah, no, the our statues thing is 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 <laughs> the kicker there. I mean, it's clear he wants no voters of color to cast their ballots and, for him. And, can you imagine? 
you imagine being a Virginia voter and you're not sure, you're on the fence, who am I going to vote for, what am I going to do, these two guys, I don't know. And then you're like, well, we're going to keep the statues up. Well, he's got my vote. Mm -hmm. Like, that's your biggest issue? Get out of here. It's not anyone's biggest issue, but on the margins, it it could 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 sway a few votes. I mean... Virginia is not as far along as I wish it were as as a commonwealth. Mm-hmm. Emma, I want to ask you specifically about the every town money that's coming in because we've seen uh, Tom Perriello when when he was a congressman from Virginia. He sort of, I mean, he, when he lost a couple of years ago, he sort of lost on the gun control issue. And a lot of mm-hmm. people would say, like, mm-hmm. he came out very very strong and said, like, we need some gun safety. We need sensible gun safety laws in this country. And now here we are again. We're fighting about it again in Virginia. Right. So every town um, for for gun safety is um, Mike Bloomberg's group, and they are pouring money into the Northam race, and also the lieutenant governor and the AG um, in Virginia. So clearly, they're trying to make gun control an issue at the state level. And I would defer to Carolyn about you know how far along Virginians are in terms of you know gun rights versus gun control. Um, But it's clearly, you know, something that's going to keep driving these midterm races. And I'd expect to see that in other other gubernatorial races. Anybody remember that um, it was this month that we had the Las Vegas shooting? It seems Anybody remember that? Anybody remember that? It It was this month. It was less than a month ago. That's correct. And boy, oh boy, did we move on from that pretty quickly. We're, we're getting really so adept quickly. at that, sadly. Yeah. yeah. No, that, that is one thing we do very, very well as a as a nation. Um, yeah, I just, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I know I know a lot of people who are getting pissed off and it's too much and whatever, but, like, they just don't know what, what to do, so they just sort of give up on it. I think that's what a lot, so many people have done. Emma and I were talking earlier about the retirement of Jeff Flake. Yeah. Uh, what does that do to Arizona's... Senate seat out there. It uh, it puts it in play. Uh, Arizona yeah. is is becoming gradually, hmm. um, and you know bits and pieces more and more blue. Democrats typically don't do very well in in Arizona. They're doing increasingly better. But they're though. doing better. Who is um who is Jeff Flake's primary challenger? Kelly Kelly, Kelly Ward. Ward. Kelly Ward. Not to be confused with the other Kelly Ward. Right. Right. <laughs> Kelly Ward. Dude, is, go is... super DC on y'all. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so like. She was seen as like a fringe candidate who was gaining some steam on on Jeff Flake, mm-hmm. I think you could say. Mm-hmm. He was very unpopular, mm-hmm. Jeff Flake. He was probably going to lose. Probably. Oh, yeah. And so he took the very brave route of <laughs> quitting rather than sticking around and fighting like, it out. It's like that Monty Python line, brave Sir Robin Randall. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Brave nice pull. Well done. But so it's going to shape up to be probably Kelly Ward mm-hmm. and probably Kirsten Cinema. Mm-hmm. Do Democrats have a shot there? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Uh, depending on the a lot will depend on the national climate and how things are are situated in Arizona. Um, I mean, Kelly Ward is sort of a Trumper, Steve Bannon candidate. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, things are gonna. I mean, immigration is gonna have a a big uh, part of that. Uh, gonna be a big part of that race. Um, and also, like, what the situation is on the ground in Arizona. Like, they have a, a fairly unpopular governor right now. Mm-hmm. Things like that will also come into play in in that race. You know, I, we saw this a little bit of this sort of play out like during the uh, the Alabama primary, where you know Donald Trump went down there and endorsed Big Luther, <laughs> and uh, and he was challenged by Roy Moore, 
And Roy Moore won because he ran the better, he ran the the bigger Trump era campaign, yes. Trumpier campaign. I mean, yes. he was more Trump than Trump. Right. Correct. And so, like, that will definitely work in Alabama. That will definitely work in Alabama. Will it work in Arizona? Hmm. Will it work in Colorado? It won't work in Colorado. In and we're Arizona? talking about Tom Tancredo coming back in Colorado. <laughs> no, I mean, is he ever going to stop running for anything? No. <laughs> what else does he have in his life? Has he lost like five times or something by now? How old is he? I don't well, know. He's up there. And also just like completely irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> but he keeps trying. And part of me sort of admires that, but actually not really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's a definition of insanity, right? <laughs> but like, um, it, you know, it'll work state to state and it'll work on certain states like mm-hmm. i said it'll definitely work in alabama i'm not sure it'll work in arizona maybe maybe not I, but where else do we see in these type of things shape up where hmm. else do we see in races like this well between uh between the the more situation and what we're seeing come out of virginia in terms of these super racist uh anti-latino ads mm-hmm. and these confederate oh, yeah, we monuments didn't, we didn't even get right. into that Gillespie god, god um I think we're going to see some really uh, nasty, nasty stuff come out of Republicans in states next year. I think uh, a lot will be looking at Gillespie as a model, even if he loses, mm-hmm. um, because he is will do better than he had any right to do this year with Trump in the White House. Yeah, well, Gillespie's really interesting because he's 100 percent uh, an establishment guy. Big time. Um, he was head of the RNC. Yeah. He worked for the Bush White House. Um, he worked for the Romney campaign mm-hmm. in 2012. I mean, a lobbyist, like uh, the whole nine yards. Oh, He's yeah. done everything that people hate about Washington. Correct. Right, right. He is the problem. And he was the architect of, the, of gerrymandering in 2011. Like, sure. He was that guy, too. But that's a deeper cut that most people care about. <laughs> um, and now he's, Man. you know, he's fully embracing the Trumpian, uh, you know, wing of the Republican Party, which is what I find a little more more concerning than the Roy Moores of the world who are mm. sort of dyed in the wool. Right. We know uh, we knew what to expect there. Right. It goes to show that just how much, I mean, it, it doesn't surprise me, but just how much the Republican establishment has totally just given up all of their supposed values to yep. glom onto That's Trump and his success. I was surprised when Ed did that because like he, he, he held the line all through the summer yep. and he was on TV like unanswered, like you know, because Northam was out of money after the primary for like he was on TV unanswered for like three weeks mm-hmm. and the needle did not move. The polls all stayed in the same place. So by the time Labor Day, Labor Day came around, uh, it's time to get racist, baby. And, yeah. and he did. He he caved. He caved hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's pulled several versions of the Willie Horton ad mm-hmm. at this point. Right. Like oh, yes. Ed Gillespie. Yep. There's the MS-13. The MS-13. There are several MS-13. Ads. What is happening? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's the voting rights ad, mm-hmm. ad. Yeah. Confederate sta- our oh, statues, our I statues, can't. and then all oh, good statues. These good men who serve. I, I, I grew up. I, I was born like just down the road from where Robert E. Lee's birthplace was, and okay. I, I have ancestors on both both sides of my family who were officers in, in the Confederate Army, and they're not my statues. Right, it's horse shit. Wait, were you were, yeah, sorry, were you brought up like I was to call it the War of Northern Aggression? Uh, we never called it the Civil War. We called it the War of Northern Aggression. People around me called it that. My, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my parents raised me better. Okay, all right. Mine didn't. <laughs> <laughs> How did you two, uh, or I guess more so you, uh, I don't know, escape that? Um... That's a long story. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's not a particularly interesting story. I just like I, I I got out in the world and met other people who weren't dummies like my parents. I mean, I mean, like my parents are very sweet. I love them. I yeah. talk to my mother every single day. But like on politics mm. and like issues like this, they're they're little they're a little behind. It's, it's the pretty time. simple how Peter got out of it. Drugs. Drugs. <laughs> Drugs. 
I, what happened is I met this I met this bookie coke this dealer. Uh, what was his first name? His full circle. I like this. His name was actually Wayne. 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 Yeah. Good old Wayne. You know what though? I actually I'm friends with him on Facebook, and Aww. I see he's like going to Disney World with his wife and kids now. Aww. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for Wayne. Yeah. Hey, go he's Wayne. Out of it. Go Wayne. Not bad, huh? I know. My mom's a huge liberal. Like she was born, she was raised in the deep mm-hmm. south, but she is, she is, uh, she's a, a bleeding heart if ever there was one. I was the little punk ass kid who was like 14 and reading Rush Limbaugh's book. Oh, the way things wow. ought to be. Oh, man. Because I was a talk radio nerd from like oh, yeah, when yeah. I was really, really young. And I love, I mean, Rush Limbaugh was the only real talk radio in the That's game true. at that point. I listened religiously, and, and my parents were also very like, well, he's right about everything. Mm. And then it did change. It changed. Do you think you, you draw some of your radio stylings from Rush? Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, a little bit. That's a little Alex Jones. There. That was a little bit. <laughs> Turn the freaking frogs gay. Try to turn the freaking frogs gay. (laughs) Do you know I get like two to three complaints a day about Peter's voice being too loud? What? Too loud? Don't say that on air, dude. Why? You're not going to make me feel very good about myself. No, we've talked about this, but you've told me (laughs) never turn your mic down, and I don't turn your mic down. It's true. But sometimes when I get into the Alex Jones stuff, it gets a little too loud. Folks. (laughs) <laughs> Folks, you're making a point though. That's that's, yeah. that's part of the. I'm drinking my super male vitality drink this morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's just tea. Goop. It's just tea. Sure it is. Anyway, we've only got like 30 seconds left. Oh, so in that oh. time, I think I'm just gonna say, gosh, thank you, ladies, so much for sticking with us and doing this show. Oh, thank you. Uh, okay. I, I I love having both of you on. You're two such big brains about this stuff. It's wonderful oh, to have you. Uh, Emma Roller from Splinter News, senior reporter. You can follow her on Twitter at Emma Roller. And read her work at splinternews.com. Carolyn Fiddler with Daily Coes. You can follow her on Twitter at CFID, F-I-D-D. And read her good work at dailycoes.com. Have a magical Halloween. We'll see you <laughs> on Monday with Bill Press back here. This is the Bill Press Show.